Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Today we've got a crazy nuclear revenge story against a person's sister's creepy boyfriend. We'll get into that in a bit, but first, sister's boyfriend is a bully, so I break his windshield. There's something I've noticed about athletes in high school. Aside from the fact that they have great physique, which is a requirement for the role, most of them are usually dumb and arrogant bullies. I wonder if this is also a requirement for the job. I've watched a lot of movies where this was the case, but it never really registered in my head because I thought it was just a movie stereotype kind of thing. It wasn't until I got to high school that I saw that it was all true. The jocks are jerks, and the cheerleaders are even worse. This says a lot about my older sister Jane because she's also a cheerleader. I'd wanted to join the basketball team before, but seeing the kind of people that populated it, I decided not to. But deciding to stay clear of these people isn't enough to keep them away, especially when your sister decides to date one of them. My life wasn't always this crazy. In fact, I can say that everything that happened was my dad's fault. We used to stay in a not-so-crowded part of the city. It was close to school, so we could walk. I was in middle school then, and it was fun. And then dad had to go and get transferred. He got promoted and was required to head another branch of his firm and another part of the city. The first option was for him to come home every weekend and spend nights in a hotel or something, but for some reason, mom couldn't get behind that. They eventually agreed that the entire family was going to move with him. We had to wait until the end of the school session though, so we had a few weeks to say goodbye to our friends. During the summer holiday, everything was finalized. Dad got us a new place, and even though it was bigger and better than the place we were staying before, I didn't really like it. I thought I was going to start high school with my closest friends, but there I was, starting in a strange town in a strange school. After the summer holiday, we were supposed to start school, but I pretended to be sick on the first day. Mom let it slide that one time, but the next day I tried to do it again, but she threatened to ground me if I didn't get my butt up and go to school. With no choice, I did. You know that saying that goes, whatever can go wrong will go wrong? Well, I have to tell you that it's true. Throughout the holiday, I've had lots of thoughts about the school and how I might not like it. As soon as I got to the school, it felt like I'd walked into an alternate universe where no one smiled or looked friendly in any type of way. Even the staff who received me and handed over my schedule didn't look like she was happy I was transferring to her school. The first day was really lonely for me and I missed my friends from middle school. My sister on the other hand was doing well. Since she went to school the previous day, she already had one or two friends. We met up during lunchtime, and she told me that she was trying out for the cheerleading squad. She was a cheerleader in our former school, so I didn't see any reason why she wouldn't do it again. She asked if I was going to try out for the basketball team since I played in middle school. It was my plan initially, before I knew what kind of jerks were in the basketball squad, so I said sure. On Friday, Jane tried out for the team and she got in. We used to hang out together during lunch break, but because she got into the cheerleading squad, she started hanging out at the cheerleader's table. It was during one of these days in the cafeteria that I met the jocks for the first time. I was at a table with some other guys and I was eating my lunch when they walked in. They went straight to a table at the end of the room where some guy was having his lunch. Then they grabbed him and left the cafeteria. I expected that someone was going to say something, but for some reason, 
Everyone just kept on doing what they were doing like nothing happened. At the end of the school day, I saw the guy with a cut in his lower lip and asked him what happened between him and the basketball guys. He told me not to worry about it, that they were just a bunch of bullies. Some guy, Michael had told him to help him do his assignments and he didn't do it, hence the beating. I asked him why he didn't report the issue and he said there was only so much the school management could do. If they give him detention one day, it's only going to continue the next day and it'll even be worse. While we talked, Jane called me that it was time to go, so I said goodbye. The next day, in my chem class, I was surprised to turn around to see that same guy from the cafeteria in my class. It was confusing because the basketball guy, Michael, he looked like he was a senior. Why would he be asking a freshman to help him do his homework? I went to him after the class and asked him about it. There, the guy explained to me that he had a knack for books. Simply put, he was some kind of genius. It made the whole issue even worse because it was obvious that they were only using him for what he could give them. That was when I decided that I wouldn't join the basketball jocks or, better still, basketball jerks. The guy in my chem class introduced himself as Andrew and he pretty much became my first friend in school. We started to hang out during the break and I discovered that we liked the same things. Anime, Call of Duty, and even basketball. He said he always wanted to play, but he was never any good at it. I invited him to my place during the weekend, and I was going to show him some pointers. It was a full two weeks after I started this new school, and I had a total of one friend. Anyways, Andrew and I started to hang out in and outside of school. We have lunch together every day. It was during one such day that Michael and his comrades came along. He gave Andrew a note which contained a physics assignment. He told him to get it done for him before the end of the next day and turned to leave. Unable to control my anger, I stood up and told him to do his own assignments if he wanted it done. Michael asked who I was and before I told him, one of his other guys, whose name I didn't know, told him that I was Jane's brother. He said he was going to let me off the hook because of that. He faced Andrew one more time and told him to get the assignment done, then he walked away. I told Andrew not to do it because he couldn't keep letting Michael take advantage of him. There had to be a way he could fight back. Andrew thanked me for caring but decided that he wanted to stay out of trouble. And since the homework wasn't going to be very stressful, there wasn't any reason for him to not do it. I wasn't going to stand for that. So I went directly to the principal and told him exactly what was going on. He called Michael into his office and warned him not to coerce a student into doing his assignment ever again. He was going to be suspended if it happened again. I thought I'd save the day and that that was going to be the end of it, but it wasn't. Instead of giving Andrew homework to do for him, he started to bully him outrightly. Sometimes he would tear up all the notes in his locker. Other times he would take his clothes from the boys' locker room when he was in the shower after gym class. He never once tried to touch me, even when he knew that I was the one who reported him to the principal, and I soon found out why. One afternoon after school, it was time to leave, but I couldn't find my sister. I went back into the school hallway looking from class to class. Eventually, I found her and she was with Michael. When they ended their conversation, they kissed. Suddenly, it all made sense. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. 
For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Storytime is sponsored by BetterHelp. Nearly everyone at some point in their life will struggle with their mental health, whether that's something stressful at work, in a personal relationship, or something else. I know that I really struggled with anxiety in my early 20s, and therapy was a massive help for me. That's why I'm a massive fan of therapy, and today's sponsor, BetterHelp. If there is anything in your life, big or small, that is negatively affecting you, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. It's an online therapy service that, after finishing a small questionnaire, will match you with a licensed therapist, where you can book appointments that match up with your schedule at any place or any time. And if you feel like you're not bonding with your therapist, you can switch at any point for free. Also, therapy isn't just if you're struggling with mental health. If you're looking for guidance or ways to improve your social skills, life, or relationships, it's a great judgment-free way of doing that. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com StorytimePod today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash StorytimePod. He was dating Jane, and that's why he couldn't touch me. On our way home, I asked Jane why she'd date someone like Michael. She replied that he was nice and sweet and that even though he had some troubles, he was a good guy. I told her about everything he had done to Andrew, and it all fell on deaf ears to my sister. She maintained that he was a good guy and that he was a bit misunderstood. It wasn't looking like she was going to listen, so I decided that it wasn't worth it. But that wasn't the end of the story. My parents went out for a getaway one weekend, and we had the house to ourselves. I invited Andrew over because Jane was having some friends from the cheerleading squad over and I didn't want to be by myself all day. I didn't know that when Jane said she was having friends over, she meant Michael, some guys from the basketball squad, and some cheerleaders. She was having some kind of party and she didn't tell me about it or our parents. When they all got to our place, it was already too late because Michael had seen Andrew. They weren't in school and so there was no one to report to. Andrew knew that something was going to happen, and so he ran. Michael and the other guys chased after him, and they caught him in the backyard close to the swimming pool. They threw him in and left him there, laughing as they walked away. That was the last straw for me. I was so pissed and all I wanted to do was hit him back where it hurt. If there was one thing that self-absorbed jerk cared about as much as himself and maybe my sister, was his car, a sleek yellow Chevrolet Camaro. He had it parked in the driveway. And so I went into my dad's garage to find the heaviest equipment I could find, which was his crowbar. I returned to the driveway and smashed his windshield till it shattered. When he came out, he was so pissed that he punched me right in the face. I got a bloody nose, but it was worth it. After that day, Michael stayed away from Andrew. He didn't press charges because I had a broken nose, and he'd also get into trouble if he did. I don't know what life was like back home for this guy. I don't know if there were other things going on in their life that catching a charge for some kind of assault, even if it's a juvenile charge, would not be good for them going forward in life. Although, to be fair, in general, it's pretty much never good. At least they understood why it all happened. 
Also, hi, I'm Steven, and if you guys enjoy crazy stories of nuclear revenge, why not hit those like and subscribe buttons down below? That said, our next story is, my assistant led me on to get a good evaluation. Many years back, when I worked in a high school as a drama and performing arts teacher, the principal hired someone to work with me as an assistant. Rumor had it that her employment was based on nepotism, and it was because the principal who employed her at the time was her brother-in-law. Unfortunately for her, he left shortly after she was employed. At the time, the school was overstaffed and we didn't even need more teachers, but he hired her anyway. When I met her, I was grateful, mostly because I'd asked for an assistant in the past and the principal refused, stating that the school had reached its capacity for the number of staff they could employ. His refusal wasn't surprising because even in the school I had taught in before, they didn't care much about the drama teacher. People often took drama and acted as a joke even parents, so not a lot of effort went into making sure that resources were available to cater to the students' needs. The vice principal, Academics, introduced her to me and we exchanged greetings and did a formal introduction of ourselves. I didn't romantically think of her at all, but I could not help but notice her straight white teeth and nicely shaped figure and lips. She wasn't a bad teacher at all. She knew her onions and was brilliant, but she was very impatient and could sometimes be mean to the children. Aside from that, she came late very often and made no effort to get to know any of the students or other teachers, not even me. She treated it like it was just a job. I was to evaluate her teaching after her first three months of working as my assistant, but she didn't know that. Shortly after the first month, she did something nice for one of the students and I mentioned that I'd include that in her evaluation. You're going to evaluate me? She asked. I said, yes, that's how things are done around here. She said, oh. I replied, you didn't know? I wondered if she truly had taught in an elementary school like she claimed. She said, no, I didn't. The school did say I was on probation for three months. I replied, yes, you are. After the first three months, I will evaluate you and submit my evaluation to the vice principal academics. She just nodded. A month later, she resumed work late, but she brought me a tin of cookies. Before that day, she never really paid any kind of attention to me, and because I was a naive, lonely dude, I thought she just wanted to do something nice. Still, I maintained our professional relationship. That week's Wednesday after school, she asked if she could talk to me. She said, I figure you don't drink alcohol during the week. I said, we're not supposed to be teachers. She said, well, yes, I figured. I didn't understand where the conversation was going. She said, I was going to ask that we get a drink together this weekend. I said, a drink? She said, yes, a drink. I didn't understand if she was asking me out on a date, so I hesitated a bit. Would you like to have a drink with me this weekend? I said, I don't drink. Not even on weekends? I said, no, I don't drink alcohol at all. Oh, snap. Sorry I asked. She looked visibly embarrassed, and I tried to salvage the situation. Would you like to do something else? Like, see a movie? Her face lit up again. Yes, that's great. What kind of movies do you like? I said old movies. Are you a fan of old movies? She said just the classics. I was so happy that she'd asked me out and I didn't notice until that evening as I made dinner. As I cooked, I ruminated over the conversation we had. I hadn't noticed before then that she liked me and I began to wonder when she started to like me. That weekend we saw a movie together and had ice cream after. She asked why I didn't drink alcohol and I told her about my late wife. My late wife was my high school sweetheart. We got married shortly after we both graduated from high school and were happy together. 
We had a small, beautiful life, but she died in a car accident. Her death hurt me and I drank a lot afterwards to avoid the pain. I said, I realized at some point that I was drinking too much and decided to stop and seek help before it became an addiction. She said, wow, it's a good thing you stopped on your own. Not many people can do that. I said I had to. I didn't want to ruin my life. She would never have liked that. She reached out and patted me on the thigh. That night I went to bed feeling very light. I had big hopes for us in our relationship. I asked her out on our next date and we talked about me. I noticed that she didn't let on anything significant about herself. She told me that she lived with her sister and couldn't wait to settle. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Also, she could afford her place and leave. Nothing about her past relationships or anything, but she let me talk and she listened well, which was a quality not many women I met in the past had, so I just liked that she let me speak. On the evening of our third date, we hooked up and I thought that sealed the deal and that we were officially a couple. At that time, I'd already submitted her evaluation to the vice principal, and I'll admit it was good. I may even have lied a bit about her performance to help her stay. I wanted our relationship to work. She was a beautiful woman, very attractive, she seemed like an empathetic person and I'd already fallen for her. When she started to talk to the school about separating drama into musical drama and non-musical drama, I had her back. She was great at teaching musical drama and had big ideas, so I thought it made sense if she wanted to have her own space to do her own thing. My support helped, and before long she had her own space and was able to do her own thing with the students. I was genuinely happy that things were working out for her until one evening after the school had closed. She was in the office we shared and had her ears plugged when I walked up to her and kissed her on the cheek. What was that? She snapped. I didn't even notice that she had snapped. I interpreted her question to be her asking me what the kiss was for. I said, you've done good work with the students. Well done. She said, oh, thank you. Do you kiss all the teachers for doing a good job? I still did not notice the irritation in her tone. I just smiled thinking she was teasing me. Do you want me to make you dinner this evening? She paused for a while and then said, About that. I don't think this is a good idea. I said, This? What are you talking about? She said, Us. Going out together? Not a good idea. I said, Why not? She then said that she was worried that it would affect the quality of our teaching. I did not see that coming at all. I said we can learn to separate work from... No, I don't think that's a good idea. For a week, it was like someone stole my joy. I constantly struggled to not run out and buy myself five bottles of beer. I had so many plans. My hope and love had been renewed and it was dashed so casually. I just couldn't believe it. As if that wasn't enough, she resumed treating me like we were merely colleagues. There was no form of informality whatsoever. One day after work, I went to her to inquire about what had happened. Perhaps it was something I said or did. You did nothing wrong, she said plainly. Then what is it? I want to understand. I thought we had something. She said, to be honest, 
I only asked you out on that first date because I wanted a good evaluation at the end of my probation. I said, I don't believe you. We went on other dates and we hooked up. She said, well, yeah, you were lonely and I took pity on you. Nothing serious. I was so hurt, not just by what she said, but by how flippantly she said it. My emotions and pain meant nothing to her. That night, I had a couple of beers and cried myself to sleep. It wasn't just what had happened, but also that I told her about what had happened in the past and she used it against me. She didn't just use me to give her a good appraisal, she also used me to get a promotion. I knew her job was very important to her, so I knew the best way to get back at her was to take the job away from her. The first thing I did was investigate whether or not she worked in the elementary school she claimed she taught. I always knew she didn't. I just chose to ignore it, but now that she'd mess with me, I was going to get my revenge. As I suspected, she did not work in the elementary school, but I also didn't want to be the teacher who reported her, so I mentioned it to some teachers and mentioned that some other teachers had asked someone who worked in that school, and they had no idea who she was. News spread and everyone knew her as the teacher who lied in her CV. I then went on to the vice principal academics and told him that I was uncomfortable working with her. I told him about how she snapped at the students, how lazy she was, and how she often came in late. I also mentioned that I didn't think the school needed to have two separate departments for drama and musical drama. The vice principal was skeptical. I had supported her on that before, so he didn't understand why I changed my mind. I've just noticed that the students find the whole thing confusing. They replied, I mentioned then that it was going to be confusing but no one listened. Anyway, I'll look into it and see what can be done. I had a good relationship with some members of the board, so I started to talk about how an extra needless department was unnecessary and only cost extra money. One thing about the members of the board was that they were always looking to cut costs, so they started talking about the needless drama department. Within months, the drama department went back to being fused and that brought her and I back together. She was once again working as my subordinate. She lacked experience in teaching and was unwilling to even create good relationships that would help her because if she was experienced enough, she'd know that I had to give her a teacher's evaluation every three months. Even students gave the teacher's evaluation regularly. I only had to give her two rounds of bad evaluation for the board to have her fired. The satisfaction I felt when a teacher told her to expect to be fired was priceless. Even the teacher told her to spite her because she wasn't liked as she made no effort to establish any strong relationship. She decided to resign before she was officially fired from work. The best part was she wanted me to write her a recommendation letter to give a prospective new employer and I wrote a bad review and sent it to the school myself. Of course, the school did not hire her. Man, as OP was detailing the story, you could kind of see it coming from a mile away. It's sad to see that people are that committed to trying to get their way and get a step up in life that they're willing to fake a whole relationship and be desperate enough to sleep with someone that, once they achieved what they wanted to, they are seemingly utterly repulsed by them. I mean, I can't blame OP for wanting to burn it all down at that point. Our next story is, sister's boyfriend is a perv, so I report him to the authorities. My older sister Carrie is a whole different breed. She's focused, driven, and hardworking. She graduated top of her class and got a better job than her average peer. I guess it's true what they say. The universe is generous to those who put in the work. When you see how career offers line up for her without having to do much, you'd think she's just lucky, but in truth, she's not. 
There's something else about the universe that needs mentioning. It seeks balance. You see, Carrie might be doing well in terms of career and finances, but her romantic relationship life sucks. That's mostly because she never took the time to nurture that part of her. She never dated in high school. She was too busy getting A's in all her courses and preparing for Ivy League level scholarships. College was the same thing. The only extracurricular she had time for was student government, which was supposed to help increase her chances in the job market, and in truth it did. She got internship offers from six different companies during her final year from college, and when she graduated, those offers multiplied. She had her pick of the best places to work, and she even got a starting salary almost twice that of her average peer. But after two years on her job, she got into some type of midlife-slash-existential crisis. I was in my senior year of high school then, and we were really close. The moment I knew that this was going to be a problem was when she stopped calling. She usually called two or three times every day, once before she left for work, once during her lunch break, and then after she was off work. She does this because I'm her best friend, or only friend if I'm being real. Anyway, she stopped calling and I got worried. I told my parents and they decided that we had to go and see her. One weekend, we went to her apartment which was in a metropolitan area. I fell in love with the city immediately and the best thing was that the college she went to was very close to the apartment. It was walkable, except on the days when you have an early lecture, but partied too much the previous night and slept through your alarm. After the formalities, Carrie and I took a walk and I asked her what the problem was. She was a bit hesitant to open up while our parents were there, but with them back in the apartment, it was an easy task. She told me that her job was not as stressful and time-consuming as she expected. Besides, the executives in her firm were giving her special treatment because she was competent. It wasn't a normal 9 to 5. She was allowed to get off work as early as 4, and when she got home, there was not much to do. Back in high school and college, there was always an assignment to work on, or an essay to finish, or at least student politics stuff to deal with. Now, she had too much time on her hands, and she didn't know what to do with it. I wanted to suggest that she go out to the cinemas sometimes, but she wasn't a fan of movies. Then, I asked her if she had any friends from work or in college during her student politics era. She said no. She might be a beast in the world of finance, but in real life, she was a socially awkward introvert with only one friend who turned out to be her sister. It was really getting to her and I've read how this little problem could become a serious mental health issue if not properly dealt with. An idea popped up in my head and I told her, I had a few weeks left before exams and after that, I'll have to go to college. I could move in with her and, if possible, go to the same college that she went to. She loved the idea immediately. Her apartment had two bedrooms and for two years it had remained empty, except when I came over to visit. After my final exams and graduation party, I went over to stay with my sister. That decision I made was the best thing to happen to her in a long time. She used to be so bored and lonely but when I got to her place, she had someone to talk to whenever she got back from work. I got into college and being the extrovert I was, I made a lot of friends. Within a short period of time, she even tolerated letting me have some of them over once in a while. One night, after forcing Carrie to watch a movie with me, we got talking about the characters and how cute their romantic lives were. I was relating the main character to my high school boyfriend, how he talks and carries himself. Carrie couldn't relate because she had never been in a relationship up till then. At last, we had a serious talk about her love life. I asked her if she wanted a relationship and she said yes. A partner, kids, and a family are all things she wanted, but the first step there was getting a partner. 
but she didn't know how to get one at all because all through high school and college, she had practically beaten off any guy that showed interest in her with a stick. I'd been in several relationships in high school, so I knew how to help her. The first step was to go to the places that single guys frequent, bars, gyms, etc. I wasn't anywhere near 21, so I couldn't follow her to the bar, but I was there with her in the gym. We had potential takers, but none of them matched her preference, so the bar was the next place to go. Since I couldn't go with her, I made up a plan. I got her to invite the female co-workers in her firm for a girl's night out. That way she could make new friends and possibly hit it off with some guy. After the outing, she came home really excited. She succeeded in both. She had new friends who wanted to hang out again the next Friday night and a guy who found her attractive and was bold enough to walk up to her. The guy's name was Clark and he was an accountant in some firm. I don't know what firm it is, but the glint in Carrie's eyes when she mentioned it meant that it was some big shot firm, which explained why she was so taken with him. They exchanged numbers and she'd been texting him since she got home. They kept texting like that for over two weeks before he finally asked her out on a dinner date. That night, I along with one of her new work friends, Lena, helped prepare her for the date. At the last minute, she was so nervous that she was ready to give up, but we didn't let her. She went on the date and enjoyed every moment of it. The only weird part was the fact that Clark asked her if she'd like to go home with him to see his baseball card collection. In hindsight, I should have seen this as a red flag, but I was too excited that my sister had found someone she actually liked to see. One week later, they went on another date to the movies, I think. It's weird that Carrie was actually excited to go because, like I've mentioned, she wasn't a movie person. Anyway, they went and Carrie loved it. She was truly happy, and I haven't seen her like that in a long time. A month later, they officially started dating, and Carrie decided that it was time for me to meet him. She invited him over to dinner in her place, and by 7 o'clock, he was here. She invited him in and introduced us. There was a way he looked at me that made me self-conscious. His gaze lingered for a second too long, his handshake too. Eventually, we settled for dinner, and I still caught him one or two times stealing glances at me. I felt very uncomfortable about it, and I wanted to tell Carrie, but I didn't want to cause any type of strain in her new relationship. When dinner was over, I decided to do the dishes. Clark joined me even when I told him he didn't have to. Carrie decided to give us some time together so we could properly get to know each other. He asked me about my school and how I was getting along with my friends and all. His next line of questioning was weird. He asked how old I was and if I had a boyfriend. I told him he couldn't ask me those questions, and so he apologized and backed away. I had a good mind to tell Carrie about it, but I was trying so hard to not ruin their date. Besides, if anything happened to that relationship, it would just discourage her from trying again. So I kept it to myself. If I 